0: Once, when commenting on the idea of change in our life, Desmond Tutu said, there is only one way to eat an elephant, one bite at a time. I think a lot of times in this genre in particular, the end of the film sees a fix. Whether it's Hugh Grant getting Julia Roberts or Julia Roberts getting Richard Gere or Richard Gere... I don't know who Richard Gere gets besides Julia Roberts, but I bet he gets someone. And I love when people get people. It's why I'm here. But there's just something so gall darn confusing about this weird era in filmmaking from like 2007 to 2015 or so, where somebody's pretty depressed and they can't quite figure out their life and you know, they're going to drag a couple people into that, but one of those people they're pretty much going to fall in love with. And, you know, by the end of the movie, it seems that they're on a pretty good path to self-discovery. And not only that, but they've fallen in love with somebody. Hurrah! Today's movie kind of splits those plot infinitives in twain. Kira Knightley is having a quarter-life crisis, and Sam Rockwell is seven years heartbroken. And basically what happens by the end is they take a big bite out of their respective elephants by falling in love. And I like them falling in love, but it doesn't move me. It led me to conversation, but it didn't move me. I think it would have if I got to see more of that elephant eaten. This is a really weird metaphor. Welcome to our conversation about elephants. It's Lynn Shelton's 2014 romantic drama existential crisis comedy laggies. Welcome, everybody, to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. My name is Kelly McCrillis. I'm still hungover from four days ago when Ryan and I went out drinking for our birthday.
1: Yeah, it was all my fault, too. (laughs) Why? Uh, Because (laughs) I was the one who... Pulled you by the scruff and said, "Come on!" Like I was Doc Fly. I, I really Doc do McFly. think that
0: you were the reason why I had a hangover, because there, there, there was there was no drink on the table, or there I still had drink, and you're like, "Come on." Come order a
1: second one. I'm like, I haven't finished this one. You're like, come on. You know that gif of Jack Nicholson when he's like, Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah from The Departed? Yeah, yes. No, that's from Anger Management. That would be a very weird moment from The Departed for him to be like that. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. That That's the one where he's, well, it's, it's old Jack Nicholson. They all kind of look alike.
1: Yeah, actually, you could switch around gifs because Jack Nicholson does a rat impersonation in The Departed. So that, Yeah, that that's that the one fit. I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. yeah I, that, no, I wasn't a rat. I was just your guy giving you... Come on buddy let's go I went and then um, you saw I, and I I you did we, not conquer
0: well I conquered like if if like we we won a battle but we didn't know that the surrounding army was just like oh yeah that was a trap we laid for you
1: <laughs> the only reason I w- I made us do that was because it was the last one we're gonna be going out drinking. For a long time.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there's opportunities between now and my baby's birth,
1: but there's not a lot. Not where it's like a preordained... Where we have an excuse. <laughs> right. It was our birthday. It was it was both our birthdays, so we both had license to go out drinking together. We
0: started the night out with this drink called the Scorpion, and it was <laughs> a shareable kind of tiki drink because it had rum and gin in it, and... I like I like that gin can be mixed with other alcohols. I make a gin whiskey amaro cocktail that's really good. Um you wouldn't think so. You'd think that's dangerous. Mm-hmm.
1: But it was really tasty, was it not? Well, wasn't the full version of it called like the armadillo or something? Really? I thought like I another thought, armored animal? No, I thought there yeah, I thought there was like because we had the half order. Like that was the that was the like baby version. They had a bigger version for like big Brawny women folk. <laughs> Big brawny women folk. <laughs> that can hold their liquor because we we were destroyed up for the first drink.
0: You needed to be brawny in order to hold these straws that we were given because they were definitely the longest straws I've ever drunk from. They must have been
1: three feet. Yeah, but we felt fancy and we felt cute. I did and feel we fancy.
0: I, feel, I felt fancy in the way that like, you know, where uh, Mr. Rogers is like, and that makes us all fancy. <laughs>
1: But I don't. I don't foresee us going out like that until um, my son's like college graduation. I'm at that weird place where I my
0: body's convinced where it's like, okay, so you haven't drunk in a couple of days. Maybe you could do it again.
1: (laughs) Well, our big party's this weekend, so yeah. But we both made a commitment. No, We, we made a commitment. You know what our problem was? We didn't even watch with Neil and I in the morning.
0: Balls. We want the finest wines available to humanity. We want them here
1: and we want them now. My friends, if you're ever hungover, the greatest movie to watch is With Now Lied. Oh, great. It is the great, hungo- great hungover. Great hangover. They are indeed drifting into the arena of the unwell. Well, speaking of inappropriate drinking, what's our movie this week? <laughs> nice. We're watching Laggies, 2014's Please. Laggies, directed by Lynn Sh.
0: Shelton? Shelley? Shelton? Shelton. Lynn Shelton. Yes. Yes. And and also first AD'd by a Lynn. I saw that on um, she the a- after credits.
1: Wait, she ad her own
0: movie? No, 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 no. There was a, a Lynn Another that AD'd Lynn. it. So like you had your, your first AD
1: right next to your AD or your That director. would be really confusing. It would be Excuse really Excuse me, confusing. Lynn. What? <laughs> no, the other Lynn. Do not talk to me. Because I, I work with a Kelly every
0: once in a while. Uh, she's great. Hey, K2. What's up? Oh, nice. Um, but we're in way different departments. Yeah, like we're, I mean, we we work on small sets together, so it's not like we're not in the same room. But it's not like you're always yelling in my direction, and her ears are poking
1: up or whatever. Their no ears poke up. You're they prick up like a. That's the one. Prick up. That sounds like a swear word. Anyways, Lynn Shelton's laggies. Let's not speak ill of the dead because Lynn died last year. She so. did, <laughs> and it was really it was really tragic and quick. Um and
0: it's it's kind of a bummer Robin and I were going through her credits. she's a journeyman she's directed quite a few episodes of television. Um, I think she had kind of a very unique Pacific Northwesty kind of voice and yeah I, I and it's a, kind of a bummer that she she went out
1: so early. She was married to Mark Marin right Yeah
0: yeah yeah um, yeah so I'm, I'm I, as I was looking through IMDB like Robin and I got really sad and after watching this movie we were like man really gotta live life to the fullest yeah uh, so. On that note. <laughs> On that note, do you got a game for me? I do have a game for you. Thanks for reminding me. Um, it's an, Since this movie was so Seattle-driven, I, whenever we do a, a show that is based in a city proper, I like to find that city's misconnections. Help people connect. Ah. Right, why don't you read this first one? Because it's uh, your old stomping grounds and doubly so for this misconnection.
1: Ooh, oh, great.
0: And this is, these are all t- from today. And so I really hope that this comes out and we find
1: some people and help them connect. George, the former bookseller at the Half Price Books. Half price books. Half price books. Half Price Books. Let's just closed. Before the COVID-19 <laughs> shut down all bookstores, I met <laughs> book you a <laughs> few times and we briefly chatted. You might've seen me in uniform once as I always shopped after work. I don't know if that's a what, good what, what uniform do you think that is? I don't know. Probably like... Uh, he probably looked like Dwight when he worked at Staples. Maybe a security guard? Uh, in late January, I stopped by and found you left. Your colleague might have texted you about my visit. Perhaps he did not. <laughs> you, Caucasian male, late 20s, early 30s. Me... Asian female, wears black framed glasses in her 30s and works for a fairly unique furniture retail company. Oh, so it's like a jumpsuit. So maybe Ikea? Yeah, it's like a big blue... (laughs) I I guess that's not very unique. Just wanted to say that you look cute and working with books is one of my dreams. It would be great to know you more and see you again. Asterisk, tell me your hair color and store location so I know it is you. Thanks for reading. Was there more than one half price books? (laughs) (laughs) And you have to verify through the hair color. Maybe he has a
0: unique hair color, kind of like a uh, uh, like a pink. Or... Hey, it's me, the
1: strawberry blonde. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, the brunette. Come find me. Um, okay, well, that's nice. Oh, and it was the half price books on Bell Red Road. It says Bellevue Redmond Road, but it's oh, okay. Bell Red Road. I'm, okay. Very if you good. know, you know. Very good. You know, you know. <laughs> See, this is why I give you that one.
0: <clears throat> blonde Tan Goddess, Gold Tacoma Petco, Bonnie Lake. mm Wait, what's gold here? Is the Tacoma Petco gold? I think he's saying the quality of woman. Oh, blonde tan goddess. Gold. (laughs) Tacoma Petco. You walked into Petco while I was getting something for my pet. And it was like a slow-mo moment from a movie. (laughs) Nice. I don't know where this voice is, but it's it's the one. Um, You are blonde, golden tan, birthmark on your calf. Wearing blue slippers and jean shorts. Uh, you, you, you like the slippers. Okay, okay. <laughs> you hopped up into your gold toy. Oh, there's where the gold is. Gold Toyota Tacoma and left. You may read this or you may not. And you... <laughs> hold on. <laughs> you may read this or you may not. And you, but... No. Okay, hold on. I'm just going to read it how I think they intended it. You may read this or you may not, but you deserve to know that you are the epitome of pure sexiness, 1,000%. Whoa! Those blue sippers did it for him. Okay, I I don't want to, I don't want to judge. Like, misconnections is all about seeing someone having a connection of some kind and then letting them know, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to belabor this point, but I will say something. When there are uh, so many details and then you also saw somebody left, and you don't mention that you two connected, but just that you watched them leave, always gives me a little bit of a creep. Yeah, I mean. I think if it was you, Toyota Tacoma, license plate, B642Z1, then I'd be a little more concerned, but you know.
1: Well, is the misconnections like, is it saying, I didn't know how to approach you at this moment, and all I've got is trying to find you through the internet? I think so. I mean, that's, that is is the most optimistic version of Misconnections. Okay, okay, okay. I can dig it. Girl in the Trader Joe's elevator. Ooh, that's like, you're under pressure. If you're in the elevator, you've got like 30 seconds flat. To, you're also in a fancy no Trader deal. Joe's. Yeah, it's got to be a two big stories? Trader Joe's. I was at Trader Joe's getting my lunch, and on the way out, you closed the swinging gate on me. Yikes. You apologized, and I thought it was funny. We took the elevator up the parking garage, and I thought to myself, oh, wait, this girl is really cute. However, the elevator was packed and deathly silent, so I didn't say anything. I just smiled under my mask. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said something. There you go. You should have. There we go. I should have said something when we walked into the garage, but I made a, lots of excuses in my head, as one does. Did you write this? This sounds like your patter. A little bit. Oh my I mean, I a little bit. Write it. But yeah, wrote- it does sound like me a little bit. You had dark hair and a pony in a pony, not a ponytail, just in a pony. Okay, that's had that's the why the elevator her. was packed. That's why you had a <laughs> pony with you, and you were wearing a windbreaker. I think. And pink shoes or socks. Wait, 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 wait. Pink shoes or socks? Like, was she shoeless? Or maybe they were boots, but they were really thin boots, so he couldn't tell whether they were socks or shoes. I mean, maybe it's like slippers. They were slippers. They were slippers. My friend at work told me to post a missed connections, which feels a little weird, but here we are. I promise I'm a good guy. Message me if you see this. Well, I... I mean, that's kind of the point, is I, to message Right, uh, but I like, I like this because it's self-effacing enough for me to be like,
0: yeah, yeah, you, you deprecate. And so <laughs> I can I can appreciate that you think this is weird, and I would think this is weird, so we can meet
1: on the same level. You know, they should do an anthology series called Misconnections, and it's just these actual people getting together. Like, yeah. every episode is a different, like, misconnection. I mean, you have a way more than enough material.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, last one. <clears throat> Looking for a guy who helped this older guy at Fred Meyers, North Marysville. You helped me get an item off the back of the top shelf. We had a short, friendly conversation where you there seemed to be a real connection. Not a missed one, but a real one. Mm. As you turned to leave, you turned back with a beautiful smile and the nod of your head. If you would ever like to meet up for whatever, please contact me. So one could only assume that this person's a little
1: bit more on the tall side. Uh, the person that they're missing is tall. Yeah, yeah. Because they they helped get something off the top shelf. Right. It would be embarrassing if they too were tall.
0: I like a nice. We have a, had a couple store, three store, four. All four of these are store meat cutes. I like a good store meat cute.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 The other day, someone was like. Making friends with Theo. You're married. I oh, know. Sorry. Continue. But I was just like, ah, this is so nice. Being people just being nice to Theo. Mm-hmm. It's just like he's the friendliest, like little guy in the neighborhood, and everyone's just like, "Hello, be well, my I mean, friend." Adam Sandler saw the potential of this in Big Daddy. That's right. Right. You got to use him to pick up women. Yes. Except exactly. I've already picked one up. Because she's the one who. had Hopefully the baby. you
0: didn't use Theo. No, that time doesn't work like that. <laughs> Um, you want to tell me a story? Yeah. Tell
1: me a story, Turk.
0: Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I? I ask you about love. You probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling
1: stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Laggies stars Kira Knightley using wielding an american accent. I would say wielding. Yeah. Like I she Keira Knightley is known for
0: holding her jaw in a in particular way, um but she holds it in a different particular way in order to accomplish this american accent, which I found <laughs> this, american this american accent believable. This
1: american accent. Starry night glass. Um oh, we the other thing we did over the weekend, uh dear audience members, we watched Tenet. starring another one of our favorite british actors robert pattinson who again doesn't take the lead role he's just like ah i'll just do the side character robert we love you let us be your champion you're no let us be your page you're egoless to come herald you into battle egoless you never want to take the lead role you just want to take the most interesting role and yet you are our star you love you we love you all right have a joy
0: I like your cooking. So, Kira Knightley, Chloe Grace Mortez, and Moritz, Moretz, Moretz. Uh, who I waited on once in a restaurant. Oh. Um, she did not tip, but I don't hold that against her. Was she confused? No, I think she was a little drunk. Her and her friends were a little drunk, and they just forgot to tip. <laughs> um, but with this is here? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Who I think is maybe our one of our greatest exports as America. Yeah.
1: You're um, welcome, England. <laughs> Thank you for the pats. Mm. We'll take more. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. We, we can do an exchange program. Yeah. But we start off with Kira Knightley. hmm She, well, we Well, get this the, whole m- movie starts off with a montage.
1: Yeah, we got a prologue of Prom Night in 2000- uh, You can 2000, kind of tell with the music that it's like 2007-ish. No, 2001. It's, uh, it's uh, no. Postal Service. So it's 2001.
0: Well, that Postal Service song didn't really get big until 2004, because I remember it being my junior year of high school, which would make sense, because this movie is in 2014, and 10 years have Yeah, progressed. so 2004. 2004. 2004. 2004. So yep. we
1: split the difference between my guess and your guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're both right. Yeah, so 2004, <laughs> it's prom night with supposedly Keira Knightley and her besties. Right. We just get through their voices. Cause but they it's, can- it's interestingly shot. Yeah, it's this camcorder stuff.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, it's this obviously big bonding moment where everybody gets ready for prom together. They have prom and it's fun. And there's two people dating the whole time. And then they all sneak into like this hotel pool and swim
1: naked. And we get that this all happened. Yeah. It's good. I don't know about you, but I never had friends who got naked in front of me. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I guess I was hanging out with the right crowd because maybe they didn't want to see me (laughs) naked. (laughs) You're
0: a beautiful specimen, Ryan. Shut your beautiful mouth. Did you mouth. go?
1: Did you go into a uh, illegal pool in your high school days all naked?
0: Um, you know what? That was more college for me. I think I saw a couple of my friends. Like I went skinny dipping with
1: a couple of my friends in high school, but um, more so in college. Mm, yeah. yeah, I didn't see any naked in college either. No one was inviting me. Maybe it was for the best. <laughs> I would have gotten a little distracted. Anyways. Well, no, no. See,
0: that's that's why you do it in high school, because it breaks you of the distraction. Oh, uh, right. It's way. like, it's not a big deal. It desensitizes
1: you, Yeah, I a mean, manner of speaking. Good. I have no feeling down here whatsoever. Then we flash forward 10 years later, and we meet Kieran Knightley, who's kind of directionless. She's uh, a sign girl for her dad's tax uh, consultancy jobs. Sign job signs could
0: you do M. Night Shyamalan you are full of it tonight mister (laughs) could you do it be a sign person yes I say say you're say it's back like you don't you haven't had a real job yet not that that's not a real job but you haven't had like a job that
1: doesn't involve flipping a sign yet How, how what would you listen to I was just thinking that today because I saw a sign guy in front of the mattress store and he was doing it. And I saw him with headphones. I'm like, oh, you know, you could really catch up on your podcasts if you're a sign person. That's that's what I was thinking.
0: But Kira Knightley chooses to listen to like some something with a beat. Yeah. And she she really rocks out, which I think is probably more professional. Something snappy. So, um,
1: but yeah, she's doing that. She has a, a master's degree in counseling. We I don't think. know that yet. We'll we learn that later. We know that she's an advanced degree, but we don't know in what yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. And that's what we learned from her parents, because she goes and tells her boyfriend that she's gonna go to Career some, Counseling. A career counseling thing. Instead she just plays hooky and goes to her parents' house. Yeah. Which I think they shot in my neighborhood. Like that is yeah. A carbon copy of the houses that I was hanging out in at, Sub- in this is suburban Seattle.
0: Yeah, there, there are some really beautiful parts of Seattle. Suburban Seattle is pretty... It's
1: really cookie cutter. Basic, yeah. I have to say, though, in the war between Washington and Oregon, I think the suburbs in Washington are nicer than the Oregon suburbs. Sorry, Oregon suburbs. Well, th- I mean, there's more money. I mean, it depends on what suburbs, because if you're like... It's stupid now because there's too much money. Yeah, there's way too much money. It's but all million dollar homes for like a basic cookie cutter. But I mean, this is still 2014.
0: This is the rise of it. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: Um, and so she's she's
0: like avoiding figuring out her life, but we don't know why. Yeah. Um, and everybody seems very like kindly pressureful. Yeah. Like it almost seems
1: like passively like...
0: That's so great! I'm glad you're doing. Go do. Go do. No, go
1: do it. Go do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, do go it. Do it. Do it. We meet her friends, including Ellie Kemper. Yeah, and her, her friends act like they're 35. They don't act like they're 28 years. I mean, they're... they almost like they're 35 year olds.
0: Yeah, and and very basic 35 year olds. Yeah, in in a way because they're just like. Like, and it's all it's all epitomized in this scene where, like, as we meet all of them at Ellie Kemper's um, bachelorette party, which is just the four of them going to Ellie Kemper's restaurant she's about to own. Which for a twenty eight year old, oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> there's some affluence going on here. They're like doing like sexy, funny games uh, where they're like filling in blanks of of these pictures and. They're they're doing that thing I've run into a lot being somebody who is a server at a restaurant where there were a ton of bachelorette parties mm-hmm. where they're like naughty but like in the most PG way possible. Oh yeah. Where it's just like oh, I was rolling my eyes so hard <laughs> because I've seen this a thousand times where they're like penis necklaces. Ooh. Ugh. And it's
1: like god, there's so many better ways to spend your evening. Um <laughs> Just don't let it be you telling them that and you coming up to their table and be like, oh, necklaces, huh? There's a better way to spend your evening, you know?
0: Whoa. (laughs) I I didn't because I think, well, I wouldn't for one reason. I've never been groped, touched, molested as many times in- By the bachelorette parties? By, well, bachelor and bachelorette parties, just kind of depending on what was going on that night. Yeah, my, the, the restaurant industry when people get drunk is a crazy place.
1: My 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 claim to fame was having serving all the women who went because I worked at a restaurant theater bar thingy, mm-hmm. and there were so many. It, the only people going to see Magic Mike were parties of women exclusively over thirty five, uh-huh. and they were so excited to be out. And to be like doing something bad, they wanted to go skinny dipping with you, did they? <laughs> they didn't They're like, to... have you ever done it in high school? Do you, you ever see God your friends there naked? There was no lake nearby, <laughs> but I made the most amount of money as a server serving those tables. Right that that was the the,
0: the side benefit. Um, it was very hard to smack away hands because I knew there was a good tip coming at the
1: end of the night. I didn't get I didn't get uh, no handsies. N- no no handsies because they got drunk in the theater. <sighs> they were like starting the drinking in the restaurant where I was serving. And then they got wasted in the theater. And by that time that they were leaving, I was like, I got my money. I got what I needed. So I, I remember this because this was right after I was fired from that
0: same job. Oh, right. And, um, I came back to like, see you at one point in time. And I literally from, from the lobby of this theater would hear,
1: woo. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you had to bring them food uh, during the, during the movie because mm-hmm. they ordered it. And it was uh, it was served at their seat, and you like. I remember it was like <laughs> when they have to feed the, the dinosaurs at the beginning of Jurassic Park. We have to like bring the steak in, <laughs> and they're like. <laughs> Shoot. Fun times. Fun times.
0: Also, I didn't get fired for legitimate reasons. Yeah, it yeah. was bullshit.
1: Anyways, anyways, they so, were having this really boring bachelorette party. and You could see it on sp- Kira Knightley's face. Speaking of inappropriate touching,
0: uh, <laughs> Kira Knightley uh, does something really funny when she twists the nipples of a Buddha <laughs> statue. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and <laughs> Ellie Kemper
1: takes takes issue with it. Great umbrage because she's acting like a like a stuck up thirty five year old, not twenty eight year old. Yeah, she really is acting very stuck up. And the movies? All of of them kind of are so basic and stuck up. Yeah. And the movie's kind of saying, ah, Kier Knightley, she's kind of lagging behind everybody. I'm like, I don't know. You're kind of on par according to where I come from.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like that. (laughs) You ever see those memes where um, it's like, my grandfather did this and this and this and had five kids by the time he was 28. And then it's like, whoever, he's like me at 28, and it's making this meme right (laughs) now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um but but in her world she definitely is lagging behind. Yeah,
0: in in her friend group that is still together from high school and everybody's still in Seattle. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so yeah, that happens and she she's with her boyfriend. Yeah. Can it, we talk or, they've been together for like 10
1: 11 yeah, years, since right? Since high school.
0: Who <sighs>
1: I, mm-hmm. He is nice. Mm -hmm. I think (laughs) Sarah saw him on screen and she went like this. (laughs) Yeah, he is, I
0: think the wettest. I want to give him the award. This is not his Oscar right now, but I'm giving him the award for wettest noodle. Yeah, he is the he's the what's a good word for a Bellamy that is doomed to die from the beginning that is so doomed that he's he's not he's not your bellamy he's not your
1: bill pullman he's not your greg kinnear he mm-hmm. is he he's is like a wet bellamy he's like a diet bellamy he doesn't have anything diet. real in there
0: him. it is just the taste of it. Diet.
1: Bellamy, a diet bellamy because it's got like stevia and other chemicals that'll just give you cancer and it's like nothing don't, in this is don't, good for don't. you
0: you're gonna die soon don't much. have any of that
1: and so he's like Really supportive, and he's like, hi. "Hi, he's like Russ from Friends. He he's is,
0: like, hi. hi." But as soon as he came on screen, like Robin and I were just kind of like slowly Ugh. backing up in our, because he's not bad.
1: He's just offensive. He is in in the most offensive way possible. Yeah, and he's just really bland. And so he pressures her into going to this week long, like, uh, what's the thing in Orcas Island? It's this like. Um, it's like a finding yourself thing, yeah. And yeah. it's it's this whole like retreat on right. Orcas Island, right? And, and she's he, like, "Sure, I'll go to that." He keeps mentioning finding his spirit animal, which is a shark, because he needs to keep moving, or else he sink and die. Which I I actually relate to because yeah. I'm feeling that these days that I haven't been able to like work on anything creative. Momentum is important. Kind of dead.
0: Granted, you don't go around talking to me about that in the middle of my day all the time.
1: No. <laughs> But you can
0: if I, you want to. I should. Yeah. Uh
1: so he he mentions that to her and she's like mm, okay. So then they go to the this wedding. And yeah, Ellie Kemper's wedding. It's gross.
0: It's but it's also I love so they Ellie Kemper and her uh, husband at this point, they their mm-hmm. dance together was super corny and dramatic, but I love how seriously they took it. Mm-hmm. They this movie very much lives in the real world. Yeah. Because have you ever
1: seen anything like this at a wedding? Yes, you have. Yes, that's cringy. It was. <laughs> Why would I? I I'm so, I'm sorry to anyone. I think. Why there was, would you put people through that? I think there is a there is a modicum
0: of making that fun if you are self aware how cheesy
1: it is. There's only one person who's allowed to do this, or if it's expertly done. If it's Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, sure. If you're a great dancer, or you have charisma coming out your booty do it I think that's what he did at his wedding I don't think it was their first dance but he took the opportunity to get all of his friends to do like a sequence from Fiddler on the Roof oh because it was his wedding he's like it's my wedding we're gonna do this because I've always wanted to do it and everyone's here so let's do it no that's great
0: I I'll even take a I like big butts interruption whatever (laughs) it's fine but this Is is so awkward because it's like you're watching someone live with a bunch of people around like have sex for the first <laughs> time while
1: their parents are also in the room and it's just weird. So that's the humor this movie's going for is kind of cringe oc humor.
0: Yeah, but not not
1: overly so.
0: No. No, no. It's, it's almost it's a it's it's like um it's like mumblecore version of this.
1: Uh well, yeah, cuz like Lynn Shelton is part of the mumblecore movement. Yeah. Cause she directed some Mark Duplass projects and she's worked with all those. Can, can we just describe mumblecore for a second?
0: Mumblecore is shite. <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> I, I think it is. No, there, there's some mumblecore that is, is not shite. Think of Noah Baumbach. I don't No, Mom, Noah
1: Baumbach doesn't count.
0: No. Okay. So, so mumblecore can be used either as only a pejorative, or it can be describing a time and place in cinema where people were having just a lot of conversations. And sometimes that's really bad. I would say 95% of the times it's really bad. But 5% of the time, Mumblecore,
1: I, I hate to say it, it's kind of before sunrise. Uh, Yeah, 5% of the time, that's not good odds. Like, no, I, <laughs> I, I know,
0: I know. But I just don't want to say all films... In Mumble, I don't want to. I, for the people who don't know Mumblecore, I don't want to say it's just a pejorative.
1: Yeah. Mumblecore officially started in the early aughts with the Duplass brothers when they uh, made the Puffy Chair, which was at Sundance and was like a big deal because Sundance was like turning into this big thing where like big budget movies were like all the rage at Sundance and like here comes the puffy chair which was made for like $35,000 right, right and but it's mostly just people in a room talking and it can be it can be so boring <laughs> and like what people like about mumblecore is that it's very realistic and it can be very witty but it's very dry mm-hmm. and it's very just it's got a sardonicness to it right if you're not in the mood for mumblecore like if you if you want to go see a movie don't
0: go see mumblecore <laughs> if you want to like like go through an existential crisis go see a mumblecore movie
1: yeah and it's just kind of like a phase of indie cinema and like for several years what's funny is i watched this was one of the first movies that i quote unquote screened for the theater that i was working for mm-hmm. to consider playing at the theater in the first place i got to go to a trade screening which is really weird like a trade screening no one went to this one for some reason, but it was like 11 a.m. on a weekday at a big movie theater. And it's just just me in this movie that hasn't come out yet. And so I was like, I feel very special, but also very alone. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I so I, I I screened this, but I screened so many mumblecore films that wanted to get placed in theaters. And I, I've seen way more than you and more than I like. There's I was like scrolling through. I'm like, oh, I forgot I saw that movie. And it was like five, that 5% thing. It's like, oh, that one actually was OK. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe but Swanberg has like 70 films that he's made, and yeah. five of them are good. So uh-huh. you might, by accident, run to a good one. And I'm going to say really quick before
0: we thrash anything, I would say our first feature that we made together was pretty mumblecore.
1: Um, I disagree. I think mumblecore is intentionally being mumblecore. I think an indie drama is just a low-budget film. I think, I think there's a difference.
0: Oh, I... I I think a lot of films get lumped into the mumblecore category because they have low budget. Uh They say, what can we do with this low budget? Either make a really bad horror movie or make a movie with drama where people talk about things. And a low budget movie where people talk about things and there's nothing like high concept going on with it. It's just people talking about how they feel, philosophy on life, what they're going through dramatically in life. I think that tends to be mumblecore. And I think... We, if our foot wasn't fully in it, if we weren't swimming in the pool of it, we were, we were at least like uh, teetering on the edge of it.
1: I and, don't want and, to argue with you, but I, I will say, the difference is our film had some dramatics to it that there was, there was still some. Well, you're there, calling this film a mumblecore film. This one? Yeah. No, I didn't call this one mumblecore. Oh, I'm saying I thought, she comes from the mumblecore tradition. Oh, okay. Which petered out several years ago. See, but, but I'm saying that this, she has that like part of her DNA because a lot of this movie is very kind of like low stakes, low grade and it's just kind of like people hanging out in rooms. See, and I think that's where like maybe my definition
0: of 2007 to 2000 like whenever Garden State came out. Yeah. Because Garden State also kind of mumblecore, right? Um
1: there's some quirk and eccentricity to that.
0: <laughs> the, no, there is. And I'm what I'm saying is I don't think mumblecore has no personality. Mhm. And I think what you're saying is what you consider Mumblecore also almost by, by its very nature has no personality.
1: Yeah, that's and what I'm saying.
0: Definitely. I just think we have different definitions of it. So yeah. let's
1: move on. This, is, this isn't Mumblecore because there's, there's still plot and there's still point. Um, but <laughs> Mumblecore can have a plot. <laughs> uh, not the ones I watched. The, 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 the thing about the film's like style and mm. like identity is that it's very like laid back. It's very laggy. Yeah, it's laggy. And it it's kind of takes on the personality of its main character mm-hmm. where it doesn't try too hard. It's just kind of existing and just kind of like hanging out. And that's not always bad. Mm-hmm. But as I'll get into later, it's like it doesn't really pick up a, a speed. It just kind of like, you know, just moves at a leisurely pace. Okay.
0: I think when the movie does pick up is when um, she goes to the wedding Mm-hmm. and her boyfriend tries to propose to her. Yeah. Keira boyfriend. She
1: don't do it at a wedding. No.
0: This is the second time we've seen this in this genre. Rom-coms, I'm talking to you. Stop it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, mainly mainly men, at, men in rom-coms, don't do this. Don't do it. But she says no. And then she walks outside and ends up seeing her dad about to get a hand job from not her mom. <laughs> which is a hilarious thing to see Jeff Garland getting. It's like, oh. <laughs> Can I say Jeff Garland has one of the most wonderful. Like, he's a that guy. You don't know him, but he's great. You've heard his voice, you've he's heard a captain voice. in Wally. He has um, one of the
1: greatest voices. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised.
0: So she is like going to get roses for the bed because she just can't handle what's going on at the wedding. She's going to go decorate the marital bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she meets Chloe Grace Moretz mm-hmm. at this gas station and buys her liquor, Yeah, basically, because she's like, somebody did this for me. I'm going to do it for you. Did Did you ever get...
1: Did you ever... You didn't really drink ever before you were 21. I didn't drink. I didn't get naked ever. I was a never nude. (laughs) Nice. Very good. Uh, No. No drinking, which I'm surprised that within my group of friends, none of them even tried to either. Maybe they just were doing it without me, but we never really even bothered to try. taco? Oh, well, (laughs) he was a different speed, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was going to say... But all my friends we went to church together so that we weren't really interested in doing stuff like that. I did, but I never had anybody buy alcohol
0: for me. Like I remember me and my cousin drank a couple of wine coolers once like b- b- like after my grandma died, but like also my parents would give me wine every once in a while at the dinner table. They're very European like that. Mm-hmm. Um and then we drank a little bit of like my friends mom's rum once. But like I wasn't in high school. I like did not drink. Isn't it super illegal to do what she did? To buy Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like if they were OLCC um yeah. members, sure. Like they could have busted her big time. <laughs>
1: yeah, this is Washington's Liquor Commission. They don't care.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just the thing is like this happens. Like have you ever been asked to buy alcohol f- for like minors? I think so, and I told them to piss off. No. <laughs> oh, I've been asked like
1: probably 50 or so times did you do it once i did oh he's on tape people he's incriminated it
0: was for my little brother oh <laughs> and he and was
1: 25 and he for- he really did forget his idea
0: no i knew where he was going to be that night and i didn't want him doing something and getting in big trouble and right. so i was like i know what you're going to be doing it's fine
1: um so she buys in the liquor yeah and well it's not even liquor it's beer and wine <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean it's beer
1: and wine. Come on, it's not like she got them like a gallon of vodka. Yeah, ugh, some Monarch <laughs> or some Everclear. Uh, ugh, that made me feel bad in retrospect. <laughs> or four locos. Um, she does a, a pop shove it on their skateboard. Like, oh, yeah, man. Ladies Tony got tricks, got skills, and they're like, come hang out with us. And she's like, okay, I'd rather hang out with you guys than go back to the shit show at this wedding. Completely understandable. Yeah, and so she hangs out with him. And this is where it was really funny because she starts talking to Caitlin Deaver- um, who Who's I forgot his, was in this movie. Yeah,
0: Chloe Grace Moretz is like friend.
1: And she's like venting about like how complicated her life is, and Caitlin's like, I don't know what you're talking that about. That makes me sad. <laughs> you make me sad. <laughs> she's I good. Really I funny. really like her. She in this was movie. really good. I remember like seeing her in seven years ago when I first watched this movie. I was like, Do I know you? I feel like you're like this Ellen Page kind of person. She very much feels like sorry, Elliot. Page Elliot at this Page, point. Yeah, yeah. But at that point I thought this I'm getting Juno vibes. Mm-hmm. I'm getting like very much so. Yeah. So uh she kind of ingratiates herself with Chloe Griss, Moret's character and does she stay over that night? No, no, no. She goes home that night. Right. Chloe drops her off and then her boyfriend's like, I was so
0: worried right. about you.
1: <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah. He's like a drooly ghost. <laughs> no, no. Um, So she lies and says she's going to Orcus because she can't deal with this proposal. Although they decided no, no we're going to get engaged and yeah. we're going to go elope in Vegas
0: yeah because she's doing that thing that people who are lost in their life do where they're like getting more and more lost, and they're making more and more dramatic decisions because of it
1: yeah and she can't like she's like a lobster in a pot of water she can't she doesn't realize how the water is scalding and boiling her Yeah, yeah, yeah. and but she's feeling like kind of uncomfortable but she doesn't really know what so she's just going along with it yeah
0: is that what the movie the lobster
1: is about yes okay, starring so. Colin
0: Farrell um so she just leaves with no direction yeah and then gets a call from chloe who she like and she's like hey can you please come help me out at school i need somebody to pretend to be my mom and she's like okay <laughs> and so she goes and i would this is something that i could see myself getting in the position of uh, especially in my 20s pretending to be somebody's dad
1: you you look rather impish i don't think i you know could pull there's it no off. way
0: i could pull it off like I think women have a much easier time of like not like not being able to figure out age. Yes, right. But there
1: are sometimes when I see people out, I'm like, "Mother, sister, mm-hmm. aunt, who are you?"
0: Yeah, and and I I definitely would
1: even with this beard that I have, I still look like I'm 24. My beard is all scruffy and gray, and so I've, I haven't been carded since 2013. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to check us out. Go to our Patreon. We'll post a photo. <laughs>
0: Ooh, there Wait, needs to be a photo of our party this weekend. I'd say if we get five
1: more Patreon followers, we will post a photo of us skinny dipping. Nope. Of, that would get us negative five followers.
0: Wh- okay. What about this? What about this? We get five more patrons. huh. Will you shave your beard with me?
1: Yes. Okay. Live, Live. on YouTube. Or a, another relevant video sharing Do you know site. how to do live on YouTube? I'll figure it out. Okay. Um, or Twitch. We could start to
0: Twitch. Oh, we could do the Twitch. Yeah. We can but do we Twitch.
1: will shave our beards. This is a really weird video
0: for somebody to watch. <laughs> so what are you doing right now? Oh, oh, nothing. I'm just watching this the Patreon thing. It's, it's okay. It's Get fine. Out. It's not Get porn. Out. It's Get not out. porn, I swear. Get out. So she does this and then she's like, okay, the way you can pay me back, Chloe, is let me,
1: let me crash at your place. Yeah, and hide out in your place. And so she does, and they get along really well. They do. Already.
0: They have good chemistry. They do have good as chemistry. Friends.
1: Um, and so she's hanging out at home. Then the dad gets home.
0: Yeah. And we already know that basically her mom left yeah. like seven years ago, just apropos of nothing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just the dad. And it's Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. He's on the here. scene. And he's Sam Rockwelling all over the place. He's being sarcastic and funny and not taking any shit from anybody. Mm hmm. And he's like,
1: uh, you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not a high schooler. You can't lie to me. He sees through it right away. And so he takes her down to the basement and starts grilling her. And I like this scene because
0: you can already tell he's a good person and a good dad. Mm-hmm. Because he's not kicking her out immediately. He's mm-hmm. not. He's suspicious in a skeptical parent- parental way, but not in a way where he's going to judge immediately. Yeah.
1: And he's like, okay, you passed my test. You can hang out here. I'm not going to kick you out. But you're... You're on thin ice, lady. Keeping
0: an eye on you. And she tells him part of the truth that she's going through like an existential crisis, but not the whole truth that she's engaged to be eloped.
1: Right. But we can already get that there's like some chemistry between them, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I like their chemistry a lot in this movie. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And so then we get into the middle act of the movie where. There's an anorexic turtle. (laughs) Yeah. And Chloe, Grace Moretz, and Kieran Knightley just kind of like ball around town for a little while. Yeah. They kind of become closer
0: friends. Um,. Kira becomes a little bit closer with Sam Rockwell because he works from home because he mm-hmm. doesn't trust her yet, and then um, she takes Chloe. Chloe is, wants to go to
1: see her mom. Yeah, and, and so now that she Kira has Natalie this goes with her.
0: older friend that doesn't have any connection, she like, she almost she's kind of a mentor. She's like a big sister.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they visit the mom played by Gretchen Mole. Yeah, it's great.
0: And it's this scene where she, she won't come out to see Chloe once chloe gets in the house because she's just afraid Mm -hmm. she doesn't know what to say and kira knightley's like just ask her some questions about her life it'll be fine and instead of doing that she brings out all of her like lingerie that she gets from her modeling gigs and is like chloe have as much of this as you want which i thought was really real and so weird
1: yeah And i asked sarah i'm like would you want underwear at this age she's like for myself she's like it's kind of (laughs) nice no
0: nice yes i agree it, if somebody were giving me underwear that was free, I'd be like, "An unworn." I'd be like, "Sure, this is nice, but, but also weird. Also weird because I haven't talked with you in seven years." Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but at first, I was really creeped out by like uh, giving her underwear, and Sarah's like, "Uh, it, it could be it's construed underwear. in a nice way." Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't I, have to be creepy. No, it's. I mean, it's her mom. Yeah. Yeah. But her estranged mom. It's like, what are you implying? What do you? What do you want her to? I think it's just the only thing she has to give. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like her love language is
0: presents, and she's like, "I have these." Yeah,
1: not a hundred percent appropriate.
0: I don't know. I like it's it's. I don't find it inappropriate
1: sexually or anything. I just find it relationally weird. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking like a dad where I'm just like, no, there's no. Sexy underwear going to my children, not until they're 75, then it's appropriate. But the, I don't want them ever owning anything near a thong. They're going to be wearing granny panties, and that's it. Oh, yeah, I don't feel like that. Oh. <laughs> Which is weird, because I'm the one with son, and you're going to have a... Oh, can I say? We can cut yeah, that Yeah, 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 no, 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 That's fine. Okay. I, yeah, I'm going to have a daughter. You have a daughter. Yay! Well, come back to me in a few months. We'll see if we're, if we're on the same page. Though. We're never on the same page in this <laughs> stuff. <laughs>
0: But I'm just like I'm so protective already. I'm just like, Whoa. no, I see. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, uh, plus, a lot of those bras were just bras. Yeah. So it's whatever.
1: Underpants. I always <laughs> sleep like this. Underpants. Uh, Here we go.
0: <laughs> After this, they run into Kieran friend at the coffee shop. Oh, yeah. She, and <laughs> she's just like basically finds out, she's like, you're not on Orcas Island. I won't tell your husband, but. Like, you fix yourself because he's going to propose to her because they don't know that she got proposed to. And uh, she's like, fix your shit. Otherwise, you're out of the friend group. And it's like, uh, what are we in fifth grade right now? Yeah. And
1: it's like, I don't know if you want to be in that friend group anymore.
0: I don't I don't I I was never part of a friend group like this where you had to abide by the same strictures as them. Like, I get that people move at different speeds in life and sometimes like. Wait, you weren't in the plastics Yeah, exactly. It feels very plasticky, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But like the suburban housewife version of it.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of a thing about this movie is that it won't go Mean Girls and it won't like portray them in a movie-ish way. It's going to be far more realistic about Mm -hmm. it, but it also won't go that far towards that direction either where it's like it's a little really down to earth it's in between arch and yeah because
0: um when she's like berating kira knightley she's still saying i'm like i i would sit down with a friend and be like hey do you want to talk right like but she's so in the middle of being arch and judgmental that i I, like i'm like this isn't a real person either
1: right and that's that's kind of my problem with this movie it's like I don't, you got to pick your suspension disbelief and just kind of stick with it. And Mm -hmm. I don't buy this character. Nothing wrong with Ellie Kemper. No. Ellie Kemper's an amazing actress. I do not get this character. I I think Ellie Kemper is,
0: acts the crap out of her role in this movie. I think she was miscast in this role or misdirected though. Yeah. Because you need somebody who, I feel like Ellie Kemper is really good at picking like a character strength and sticking with it. Oh yeah, I I feel like this this character needed to be written and acted with a degree of complication that she just wasn't.
1: Yeah, because it makes me think of Bridesmaids, which portrays Ellie Kemper's prowess much better, much better. Because it kind of it, she can really like latch onto something. Yeah, and those characters are all really dynamic, and they're almost absurd but they play it so sincerely s- that you're just like i'm buying all of this and sure. it's like this just it's a tonality thing where it's like eh, something doesn't right right.
0: there's there's a little bit off with the like like her note in this movie a couple of the notes in this movie are just like a little sour just yeah. they, they're not in the same key yeah but not my tempo
1: not quite my tempo <laughs> not, not quite my tempo but luckily she's not really in this movie that's so right, right right it's mm-hmm. not it doesn't ever become an issue uh, so there's that scare.
0: And then later that night, Cher Knightley hooks up with Sam Rockwell. Cause they go get a drink together
1: and they really hit it off. And really hit it off. It goes really well. And they hook up. And then the next morning they are macking in the kitchen and Chloe sees.
0: Okay. So as a man who was recently hungover, uh, Sam Rockwell makes this like hungover <laughs> remedy, it's which like is gin. And it's egg. mainly gin, <laughs> a lemon, Tabasco and what? And an egg.
1: It looked like an egg or maybe it was a lemon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or maybe some OJ in there too. So it was it was yellow. And I that's too much
1: gin. For yeah, me you gotta, anyway. You got to just kind of like get it, get back that little just a little just bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just to convince your body that, "Oh, I can come
0: down from this." Yeah. Oh, that looked intense. Like Sam Rockwell's character in this
1: movie has done his drinking before. Oh man. I I, I was your hungover two weeks ago because I was getting drinks with a friend who's moving to Germany. and said bye. bye. But that's when I was feeling very Sam Rockwell the next day. And I had to go to work at six in the morning. Yuckers. And I felt, have you ever had that hangover where it's like, I'm hydrated and yet the room won't stop spinning? Well, that's because I think you were still a little drunk. <laughs> I think I might have been. Oh, God. So
0: the other... Uh, the other morning, I, I slept over here because the lift back to my place was like $57 last night. Yeah, and there was that's no way. Kind of
1: expensive.
0: And so I slept on Ryan's couch. And I woke up at 6 because I heard you guys get up with Theo. And, oh. And so instead of going right back to bed, I was like, oh, they're going to get up. I don't want to be that weird guy on no, the couch.
1: No, no, you got to get going back to sleep. I, I,
0: thought, I thought you were getting up. And so I got up and I started making you guys coffee. No. And then you guys didn't come downstairs. And I was just like, oh. Because
1: we were wanting you to
0: sleep. Well, and then my phone died and I was like, oh, I can't call Robin to come get me or call a cab. And I was like, I'm so dependent on this phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I I just, I was like, I couldn't figure out what to do. So I took a shower. I like folded the clothes. I was like sitting downstairs, drinking coffee, eating your checks by yourself, by myself. <laughs> by the way, which checks? That's corn checks, right? Sure. Yeah, good. Okay. We, we have a vendetta against rice checks. Okay, good. And oh, uh, then goodness. I realized I could contact um, Robin via Facebook on your computer
1: well, good thing my computer is on because it's password protected i
0: know i was so lucky otherwise
1: <laughs> like robin was also sleeping in because she's like
0: kelly's gonna be sleeping in today <laughs> i can sleep in so i was just stranded here for three hours <laughs> go to bed next time I or know. play well, some
1: video games i got like eight video game consoles right here
0: i'm like a I'm, I'm that problem child where until i i get like allowed to be a messy guess i'm like a consummate perfect guess
1: let me guess when you were seven and you got up before everybody you you were uh, yeah. always the one who got up before everybody i else. was
0: trying to stay up as late as everybody else and then also getting up as early yeah, as everybody makes else sense yeah. totally makes sense so that's a very
1: everybody's a very particular kind of sleepover person yeah so they're macking in the kitchen and chloe grace Moretz sees and she confronts her about it pretty quickly thereafter mm-hmm. and it's like she's actually really cool about it yeah
0: yeah it's a really cool scene yeah like. she's like i'm gonna be mature Chloe, I think, fits this, like, middle ground of realism pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then this is also the only moment in this scene, or in the whole movie, where somebody says the word laggies.
1: Yeah, Caitlin's like, you guys are being laggy." Because they're waiting for the boys. Yeah.
0: And um, so they all go get um, their prom stuff together because um, they, they've like are trying to convince her to go to prom with them.
1: Right. And she's like, I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah.
0: But she gets this cool white dress that unbeknownst to them, she's uh, going to be using for her wedding, her right. elopement. And then Chloe finds the engagement ring. Mm-hmm. And, and she's then, like, oh, this is a real ring.
1: And then she's properly pissed because yeah. now she knows that her dad's going to get hurt again. Yeah. And obviously she
0: is very protective of her dad after he was hurt by her mom.
1: Yeah. So they get a the big argument. Yep uh and their argument is in the car with these other dudes and they crash and the guy who's driving confessed that he's actually been drinking wine out of the orange juice and it's
0: the wine that she bought him like a week and a half ago like like it sucks so much that like the through line connects to right there yeah
1: yeah and then she takes the fall for him but then she realizes that she had some of uh, the hangover cure from mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell and she's like, I actually might be drunk. I was, I was
0: like, I was so like, no, oh! in this moment. And she like blows over the limit, but just barely.
1: But enough to be arrested.
0: Yeah. And so she's arrested, but then they release her without pressing charges. Yeah. But Sam Rockwell comes to like, you know, help her out and let her know. And, this is where she does the confession.
1: Yeah, she confesses all her shittiness about being a shitty person because it's the end of the second act, and this is what you're supposed this is what to you're do supposed at the to end do of the here. Act. She's like,
0: the the writer's like, oh, by the way, don't forget this, this. This is this one. This happened, and so Keira Knightley confesses her sins, and then um, Sam Rockwell is sad and he <laughs> leaves, and she goes home because she's sad, and then her um, oh, she has a good confrontation with her dad and she's like yeah. i
1: saw you almost getting a handy
0: well yeah no actually she, she, did, she did that earlier in the movie and then like they kind of forgive each other yeah because she's for like, their sins. i too am
1: a shitty person yeah and he's like yeah but you know let's work on it and then she goes home to her fiance and he's like <laughs> he by my <laughs> <laughs> if
0: only he, he holds out his bill arms pullman. like bill pullman <laughs> if only
1: and then um She's like, yeah, let's get married, let's do the thing. Yeah, and then at the airport, she realizes that no, no, she doesn't no, love him. Bad idea. Bad idea. James. Bad idea, girlfriend. Yeah, she she breaks up with him at the end at the airport.
0: It's it's like it's a sucky place to break up with. I mean, here's the thing: the reason why I like this breakup is because you do it one of two ways when you've been together for a really long time. You either do it in some place where they're safe, where You've already called their, like, best friend to be there to support them. Not, like, in the room, but, like, to be ready. And you you break up with them in a, in a safe space, mm-hmm. especially if you're planning it or something. Mm-hmm. Not like in our last movie where Jimmy Smith's broke up with somebody he'd been together Dude, with for 25 bro. years at a restaurant. Or it has to be at a very dramatic point in time. Because it
1: has, like... You're recommending doing it at... No, no, no,
0: no. no. I'm saying, like, dramatically, this is satisfying. I've known a lot of people who have broken up at the airport. Oh. Like, well, a lot is strong, but I think I know four different people who have broken up with their significant at an airport because it's this crux period where you're saying, go with me further on a trip or to get married or or, like, let's say one person is leaving and it's like... The only way we can both make this stick is if we separate.
1: And if I got dumped at the airport, I would actually be okay with it because alcohol is right there,
0: right? Like, and like, let's take um, Ross and Mm -hmm. Rachel, Mm -hmm. they break up because he doesn't show up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because they're about to leave together, but since he doesn't show up, it's like she is given permission to basically go do whatever she wants with her life. Mm-hmm. and But she didn't get on the plane. No, but that's at the end. Oh, I'm talking oh. about when he accidentally says her name in London. He
1: goes to Greece with Rachel. You're talking about Emily. Emily? He doesn't go to Greece with Rachel? Oh, she. he, he, was, he was going to, go, but that, then but he doesn't he show up.
0: It. Right. This is what I'm saying. Airports are, are <laughs> pivot points in relationships. <laughs> They're tricky. Very tricky. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, I, I liked that the breakup happened there because it felt real to instances that I've seen. Yep. And uh, then she goes back to Sam Rockwell. Or she goes to prom, helps Chloe Grace get with the guy that she's been trying to get with the whole movie, Junior. Mm-hmm. And then the um, she goes gets Sam Rockwell with some box wine. Mm-hmm. And they make out and she says, I love you. And he's like, yeah, okay, get in here, kiss you. And we're out.
1: And we're out. Cool. Uh, That was actually a lot more plot than I thought there was in this movie. Yeah, uh, it'll
0: sneak up on you. it will sneak up. Speaking of sneaking up on you, I think we have a break coming up.
1: Yeah. And we're back with Trope Talk. It's like slope talk with less sleds. I think we've done that one. Uh, It's like slope talk with less sleds. Now we've done it three times. Okay,
0: that's fair. I'm not going to fact check us, (laughs) so we'll say we (laughs) haven't. Um, So the trope today that we're talking about is the existential crisis, Mm -hmm. the character not knowing where or what to do with the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Um, Oft used uh, trope in an indie movie. I guess it's, it's generally like a story, somebody going through an existential crisis,
1: and it's I would say universally universal. And it's it's a hallmark of indie films because the existential crisis is a character-driven thing. Yep. And since it's a character-driven thing, you don't need to spend a lot of money. Yeah. You can just see someone going about their daily lives. You can hire really
0: good actors to portray this very complicated time in somebody's life.
1: Yeah. And a lot of big movies don't really care about transformation of character because- In your Marvel films, of which I've seen 23 of, and I don't think I'm going to watch any further films of.
0: Ryan belabors this point
1: often off air, but I'm glad that you finally brought it to the forefront of your I'm here to confess to everyone that I'm breaking up with Marvel. That's fair. Over! Uh, The character development in those movies, you've got your Iron Mans, your Thors, your Spider-Mans. You have your star lords and ladies. Mm. Is there <laughs> um, a lady yet?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. But I mean, maybe if he marries someone one day. sure. But I think he actually gets engaged to Kitty Pride in the uh, comics. Is she star lady? No, I think she stays Kitty Pryde. Oh. Maybe he calls oh, her yeah. star lady at some point. He
1: should. I would. The point of those movies is not really transforming characters. It's just having a thing about their character kind of like overcame. It's not a... It's not a gigantic change. It's not a huge shift. It's,
0: well, it's not a huge shift. You're right. It's them having a character flaw that through a very basic... Don't at me. A very basic version of the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. They better themselves and overcome this quality about themselves that is more of ice.
1: Yeah, because I'm trying to think of Thor Ragnarok. I'm like, does does Thor change? As a I mean, person? that's more a
0: comedy than a superhero movie. Like, take take Iron Man. Uh-huh. Iron Man, he is a little bit of a self-obsessed, egotistical genius. And what he does to get over it is to basically see that his actions have consequences, and he's like, well, if I'm going to have my actions have consequences, and he's faced with them very early on, he says, I need to change who I am and what I need to
1: yeah, do. Yeah, and, I'll, I'll, and give, I'll give the MCU credit at the beginning of the MCU with Iron Man, he's one of the most selfish people you've ever met. And at the end of the phase, whatever they're in, at the end of Mar- Avengers Endgame, he's the most selfless person that you've ever met. So they do get that. But sure. It takes them 23 movies to get there. Well, it takes them like five, six movies with his character, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas a movie like... Laggy's laggies or a francis ha mm, mm-hmm. you have a main character who goes through tremendous profound change in a very short runtime but it is generally more subtle yeah and it's and it's the explication of and it. it's more like life where you realize you're not the same person you were a few years ago right and it's not because you spend a long time
0: in a cave building a machine and saving <laughs> an old doctor uh when then not saving him
1: it's that's how life is though is that you take something that traditionally changes you like college. Mm-hmm. Um, movies like Francis Ha is not focused on a exterior thing changing you. It's, it's more of the circumstance of your friends starts to kind of like drift apart from you.
0: You're confronted with a choice or even you're confronted with the need to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying, OK, there are divergent paths in front of me. What? am I integrally that would lead me down one of these paths? Yeah. What do I believe?
1: A lot of these movies kind of focuses on the different aspects that kind of make up your identity, who you're dating, what your career is, what your interests are, where you live, what your relationships with your family is like. Mm -hmm. All these basic things have have no choice but to define you.
0: Right. And so generally in an indie film like Laggies, you are going through a redefinition. Mm -hmm. And with with our main character, um, she's basically faced with needing to make a decision about like she's she's being confronted by movement. She has stayed still for a very long time. Her boyfriend wants to move on by getting married. Her conception of her dad, who we see that she's like is totally on board with and they're they're like one to one simpatico. Mm-hmm. He is cheating on her mom, which basically destroys any concept of what she thought marriage could be. Mm-hmm. Like, as we always look to our parents to kind of define what marriage is, whether your like parents got divorced or whether... like, and, and there's there's a million ways to redefine how you think of marriage or relationship that has nothing to do with your parents, but it always kind of begins with who
1: raises you. It's so hard to shake your role models. And right. Your parents are your first role models. And role models doesn't mean you're a, the role model is good for you. It's just, they're just a role model for you. Right. So they're just modeling anything to you. Exactly. And since
0: she's like confronted with this decision and also obviously super dissatisfied with her life, isn't choosing what kind of therapist she wants to be, even though she has the ability to, she just is at a standstill because she she doesn't know what she wants. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's, there's nothing like going into a, a movie store, if you're in a good place, and like, let's say you remember, remember when we used to rent movies? Oh, okay, what a great time. Mm-hmm. And you walk into this place and you're like, I don't know what I want to watch tonight, but I'm in a really good mood and I have some pizza and I'm just gonna go until something grabs me, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're in a bad mood and you have no idea what you want, it's almost impossible to let something grab you because you're not receptive, you're defensive, and you i don't know there's like this itchy feeling that you see all over kira knightley where she's like i have no personality right now because i can't make a choice yeah and that's what the existential crisis is all about is making choices
1: indeed i'm trying to think of the actual existentialists we studied in college but i'm rusty on that and that's why you got me this workbook no problem buddy Uh, Kelly got me homework for birthday. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I did, but I got you more than just homework. He got me a hundred books. It was great. I'm (laughs) sorry. No, it's great. Tell Sarah I'm sorry. They're literally stacked up because I don't have any room on my shelves anymore. And
0: Ryan got me two video games because he wanted me to regress.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the other thing about existence. You can either go forward or way backwards.
0: It's obvious that her friends have not... I wouldn't say that they've regressed. It's just that they're... Their moves are kind of lateral. They're or? moving
1: they're moving towards a genericness. I think she realizes that they are all full of it and they lack personality and she's the only one in the group ha- that has personality. And like Ellie Kemper takes that as a threat.
0: Yeah, very much so. And she, she has like this friend who wants her and her boyfriend to be um godparents, right? Yeah. They're naming their child Jupiter and <laughs> Kira Knightley just almost can't handle it. With two P's, which would be Jupiter. Yeah, it's Jupiter. I mean, I wanted her to make that point, but yes. <laughs> um, and like, it's it's so. I've I've been in this point where I've changed, mm-hmm. um, in both a friend group or a, um, or in a relationship, and some I think these are our moments in life that that really show us growing and a lot of that time it's done rather awkwardly at least for me growing up i was like i don't know how to express what i'm going through so i'm going to be awkward and maybe not damaging but not the most graceful Mm -hmm. i would i like generally existential crises aren't graceful unless you have like a shepherd
1: yeah yeah and the the nice thing about this movie is that it shows chloe grace moretz having to figure out who she wants to be as like a high schooler and then Keira Knightley somehow has like rounded the bases and is still at that juncture where she still needs to kind of figure out who she wants to be. But I think the point is like when you're 18 and you're like deciding to go to college, it's not like you're deciding who you want to be. You're just deciding where to go to college. It's still, there's so much little micro decisions that are being made that kind of decide who you are. It's not like this big thing, like, well, I'll do this with my life and that's it. I think that's what Keira Knightley figures out. It's like, you don't just like, pick a place and it's like that's who we'll all be it's like i want to be with um the hottest guy in the world what's his name sam rockwell sam rockwell Mm -hmm. or maybe the just the most charming at least at least like i know i want him i know i don't want to be with the other guy Mm -hmm. we don't even get what kind of career that she wants no and that doesn't all that matters is that she's kind of coming to terms with it
0: yeah and i think that's never really bothered her Mm-hmm. And I I think in order to in order to get to a healthy enough place for you to start making other decisions you need some kind of momentum mm-hmm. And so she makes momentum by breaking away from this group that's kind of been causing her to lag behind in a way yeah and breaking off with her boyfriend and then saying I'm making a strong choice. With Sam Rockwell, and I, I think we can imagine that her life afterwards will progress further.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sarah had issues with it. She's like, but how are those, how are those arguments going to go if like they continue on this path in a relationship? And is she going to be the stepmother to Chloe Grace Moretz? And how is that dynamic going to go? And she was very much a therapist about. It. I'm like, don't worry about it. Well, I
0: mean, those are legit questions that I would have loved to see answered in a sequel. Oh, uh- it would be
1: lag. Less.
0: Oh, no, don't no, call it no, that. No. Maybe um, keep keep her uppers.
1: <laughs> My question for you is: yeah. What is your assessment of this movie? If you had to do a five star review, where would you where would you pl- place it?
0: Um, I think I'm giving this like a three point five. Okay. Mm, maybe a three. I think I'm going to give this a three. Uh huh. Because I liked this movie on balance. Right. I thought the acting was strong. I thought um, the story was relatable. I thought scenes in them of themselves were fun. Like I like her picking up the turtle and bothering Sam Rockwell with it when he's at work. It reminded me of my neighbor Totoro a lot. Yeah, but I, I, I do think that this movie did lack a little bit of saturation at times, mm-hmm. um, emotionally, mm-hmm. where I think if you're if you're into something like this, I, I haven't seen Garden State in a long time, but if you like this, go watch Garden State as well. There's problems with it, but I I think it kind of gets at very similar issues. However, I think it's more interesting when you have a restriction to your life, like in a a high school or post-high school, like ending nearing the end of college Mm -hmm. arena, like something like Perks of Being a Wallflower, I think really gets at a lot of this stuff. Um, And that's because they're all up against a wall. Yeah. Um, Like as a
1: coming of age film, it's fine. Right. And that's my assessment, too. I, I give it three stars. I, hey, really? Yeah. We agree perfectly? But, I mean, it's more like 2.8975, like my GPA or oh, something, okay. where it's like, eh, it's a three. Like, it's, it's not like a three, almost a three and a half. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's pretty three.
0: I gave it a three because it was set in the Pacific Northwest. That's what crested it for me. Okay. But- I, I have one thing that I think would have made this movie get up to that 3.5 level. Okay. Can I, can I rewrite the movie a little for you?
1: Please. You write your first draft with your heart.
0: And you rewrite with your head. So Sam Rockwell and Kira Knightley have really good chemistry in this movie, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk about soon. Mm-hmm. And... Their chemistry, like having chemistry with someone, means yes, you can fall in love with them. You can want to date them. You want to get to know them more. You can have fun dialogue with them. There's, there's, uh, chemistry is a necessary component of a rom com. Mm-hmm. However, a week is is not a long time to like develop I love you feelings. Right. It can happen. Yeah. It really can. Like I. I really fell head over heels for Robin and there was love bandied about during that time. Yeah. However, there's a certain kind of like conversation level that you get to with someone before you say, I love you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I would have liked another day in daylight with Sam Rockwell and Kira Knightley after they slept together between the car accident where they could have had like a little bit of conflict and a little bit of falling in love with each other that would have really sold me on the, I love you at the end of this movie. Yeah. And it would have given me like, I want Kira Knightley to see how great it can be with someone else who loves her weird and who's weird. She loves that. She just really can't get with her boyfriend. Yeah. And I think that would have really sold me on this movie a lot more.
1: Well, we know that her boyfriend's a wet blanket and we're just kind of like, Blech. we, we totally understand you not wanting to be with him. Yeah. Um,
0: and He's like Neville Longbottom in the first Harry Potter <laughs> yeah. movie.
1: And Sam Rockwell is charismatic. It's like
0: Neville Longbottom in the seventh <laughs> yeah. Harry
1: Potter movie. He's charismatic as hell. Oh and, yeah. And Sarah even herself was like, oh my Woo. God. Woo. He's amazing. Um the reason I only give this movie three stars is just kind of like it's got the elements, like it's there, like there's coming of age stuff. There's a relationship with Sam Rockwell. But that's it. There's not a lot. To it, the way right. that a Notting Hill has a lot of dynamic between really does. Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts.
0: And and like when they're having there's a great opportunity for some of this development when they're at the bar drinking, but they immediately start going into like their own existential nonsense in a in an immature way, not in a like connecting to each other way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I needed I needed them getting drunk together to be more than just we're gonna have stupid conversations at a bar, but we're gonna like like I wanted to cut to them having kept the bar open for three hours yeah, and them like really getting to the meat of each other. Not like that, <laughs> but like to, to get to the inner personalities and fears and yeah. like, like what are you afraid of Sam Rockwell?
1: Yeah, because my my main complaint with this movie is that it lacks ambition. Yeah. Is that it could have tried harder. The script could have been better because the script is very formulaic where it's like Kieran Knightley has flaw, and she goes works on flaw, but she's still very She's not working on flaw.
0: She's avoiding (laughs) flaw and meets the right people who bring her to that point where she develops her flaw. There's
1: just kind of like this preordained, like, okay, so now at the seventh scene of the second act, you're supposed to have a scene where a character confesses their sins, and then the other character has to forgive them, and so it felt very Mm paint-by-numbers. And there's some originality to this movie. So that's why we still like it, but it's just kind of like,
0: yeah, like I think, I think the scenes are smart in this movie. I think it's the, p- the plot that yeah. is lacking the color I was talking about. And like, that's what, go ahead. Oh, when they, they're walking home from the bar, which is just like, I love how they get to the bar Where he just like, they leave through the backyard and like walk down some back streets and then they're at a bar. They're coming home. They immediately start making out on the way home and he's like, they're making out and he like starts fingering her and she's like, maybe not fingering me here. And and he's like, oh, all right. Okay, let's go home. Yeah. And it's like, it's, you don't get that in your cookie cutter rom-com. Right. Like these like funny little like quirky odd moments that I like of this genre. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I guess I guess I'm saying I never expected you to be like Palm Springs. No. But there's a movie that tries hard and yeah. it like really swings for the fences and it and it and it succeeds. But I don't see any swinging for the fences for what it's trying to do.
0: Yeah, I think you can be low concept and still swing for the fences, but it there really has to I think in a movie like this there has to be a huge dramatic turn of some kind mm-hmm. where in in this movie the dramatic turn was kind of her getting arrested. Mm -hmm. where her relationship breaks with chloe and then she gets arrested and it's like you have to face the music now yeah in a way but it wasn't super believable yeah and i I think the face the music moment or the i've been hiding the secret this is the secret i've been hiding is really good for this genre and There wasn't any of that. Yeah. Like the, I I mean, the secret to the audience, like if I didn't know the secret, like what if we got this entire movie and we didn't know she was engaged until that moment? Like, I think that would have been devastating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because that would have really made us reconsider our protagonist, our main
0: character. Right. And all of her actions to that point, because that puts us in Sam Rockwell's shoes. And so for her to overcome that for us and for Sam Rockwell would be a feat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and this movie stars Keira Knightley, so I'm never gonna think that my main character is a shitty person. She's
0: one of the safest actresses ever. Like, I mean that by she's so talented that I'm never gonna worry about watching a movie with her.
1: Yeah, and it's but it's you know it's Lizzie Bennet on the screen. I'm not I'm not gonna think like she's also Anna Karenina though. That's true, but it, at least in Anna Karenina, he's like, you are a tragic figure, Miss. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> this movie, and this is my. I share Sarah's problems like when there's like infidelity, it's just kind of like, so we're just going to like be okay with this behavior. And it's like the movie's like, no, no, she's a shitty person. It's like, yeah, I just, it's harder for me to like get into being sympathetic. Cause it, she's, she, she does realize that she is shitty as her dad is. And I don't think the movie really, the movie's like kind of slaps her on the wrist for it, but I don't think there's real consequences what do you want, for her. Actions.
0: What do you want her to, 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 Do you you want a nun to come scold her for a while?
1: No, it's just there's something about her seeing Jeff Garland almost get a handy and you feel her like horror of it because of the context of it's like, A, it's my dad. B, I look up to you because you're a father figure. You're my father figure. Um, And there is something more of like that, like jolt. Mm -hmm. Whereas when she's hooking up with Sam Rockwell, it's that uncomfortable thing where it's like, I want this. But then you're like, but then you'd be. I mean, yeah, he's a wet blanket, but still don't hurt the guy. It's just kind of like, it's just kind of like is flimsy about, you know, taking that responsibility for that pain that she's causing. I I don't think she even confesses to it, does she? I don't, I don't,
0: no, I don't think she does, but I don't, I don't think I need to hold this character to my moral
1: standard Mm -hmm. in saying like, you did this bad thing, you must pay for it. Well, I'm saying it holds the dad to a higher standard than we're holding it to her because they didn't even do anything
0: well I think I think I, I can meet in the middle here and say when the dad's trying to apologize to her in the car, mm-hmm. maybe she confesses to him, yeah, and feels really bad about it, I guess. yeah, but also I can I can also see. Not feeling that bad about it, especially like let's say you're so numb in your relationship mm-hmm. that you have just so few feelings for him. Yeah. Then I think it would be an untruth to make her feel bad about yeah,
1: it. Yeah, and that's why I thought this movie was kind of missing was elements like that, which like in The Best Man, I was like, oh, if he sleeps with a stripper, I would totally buy it. I would totally buy him doing this thing mm-hmm. against this girlfriend who's but just would you need, terrorizing him. But would you need him to be punished for it? Not punished, but just kind of like I would be more like invested in what's okay. going on. But I don't I didn't feel as invested with her because she's just kind of blah towards her boyfriend. I think if
0: he was, maybe he could be as nice as he is, but I think if you made him even more basic, mm-hmm. um, like cranked that basicness up a little, because at one point in time, he's he's a photographer in this movie and he's like describing a wall and he's like, man, you just don't see walls like that places. And it's like, ugh. Yeah. But if you if you cranked that up just a little bit more, Maybe it would be easier to forgive him sleeping, her sleeping with somebody else.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want the movie to go on a and on her and like throw her in front of a train. But, but spoiler I, alerts. <laughs> but I feel like there's like there's no stakes in that, and there should have been some stakes.
0: Right. Well, I think. Uh, On the other, on the flip side of that, you could make her really, really care about him Mm -hmm. and for it to devastate her to break his heart because they've been best friends. Yeah. Like when she's like, we could still talk and stuff ever again. Oh no, look, we can, we can still be in each other's lives. You know, we, we can still, we can still talk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right.
0: She doesn't want to still talk to him. She doesn't, I mean, she doesn't, she'd be fine with it, but she doesn't care that much. Yeah. Like if, If he was the, if she's like, look, I have to break up with our friends. I have to break up with you if I'm going to move on with my life. But I want like, she. but she's like, you're my only like real friend of all of these friends. Like besides my parents, you're the only other person that I've really connected to. I don't want to lose you completely. And if he's like, you have, Mm -hmm. maybe that would hurt a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. But I get her not wanting, not caring because he seems like such a wet blanket. Right. So if you're going to fix that, I'd say fix that in the beginning and make their connection something that's real but lacking. Yeah. Real know.
1: but laggy. Yeah.
0: Thing. Well, Ryan, I get that, you know, this movie was lagging for you, but would you still give it a rom-com
1: Oscar? Martinez, Oscar Martinez of The Office. I wish I could give it a Best Oscar, Martinez.
0: Yes, I am super cool. I am an accountant at a failing paper supply company in Scranton, much like uh, Sir Ian McKellen.
1: I should have. I should have thought about this.
0: <laughs> Hold on. Think about it while I play this music.
1: Oh, got it. Best, uh, I don't really want to say useless, but best, yeah, for this year. Best side character who has no bearing on the plot, <laughs> which is Caitlin Deaver's character. Okay, I love that. I I was thinking about giving a very similar because she's kind of like Spike. Like she's, she's just she's great.
0: Yeah, she's great. I would have loved to see even more of her in this movie. She's she's the whole person. She's the person that fixes. She's the linchpin in this film. Yeah, where she saves Keira Knightley from a messy divorce later on. Or a very unhappy life by saying, you need to come to prom. Yeah. And that request is what gets her really out of the airport. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I'm going to give her best linchpin. <laughs> um, best
1: no. David linchpin.
0: Okay. So a lot of movies have like a a preface of some kind mm-hmm. where i'm uh, especially rom-coms end up having a preface like let's take notting hill which is our first movie you just have a bunch of julia roberts being an actress mm-hmm. and like going to a, a, a award ceremonies where she gets Elvis rewarded Elvis Costello wailing
1: at you yeah she, oh,
0: she. and this this like really sets up the tone. It's like I need you to know Julia Roberts is amazing and famous. Yeah. Okay. This movie has a montage that f- is filmed by Keira Knightley's boyfriend when he's in high school, and there was something so realistic about the way it was shot, where like the sound mix as they were exiting the dance, and you know you were getting like mm-hmm. music coming in. It felt so of its time, like. The the credits are going by. I just really liked the editing of this. And yeah. so I kind of want to give this movie best preface. Yeah. Because I after I saw that, I think it allowed me to forgive this the parts of this movie I didn't like so much, just basically because I was set up to be like, all right, I, I like what you're doing here. And it really gave me context for the rest of the film. So I thought that was smartly done.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of, that's, the regrettable thing is that there's like a realism to that that felt really exciting because mm-hmm. like you you feel like you're a fly on the wall with these with these people and it's and it's dynamic and charismatic and it's like the best sequence of the movie for that reason it's mm-hmm. just like you're really getting to know these people because yeah, of that but filmically yeah 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 and i wish the rest of the movie kind of pursued that quality because this is like kind of realism yeah but not Totally, not totally, but that sequence is—it's mm. a mm. great, it's a great sequence. Mm. Speaking of great tracks of sequences, <laughs> I have to ask you: Who would you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. <laughs> But mostly, I hate the way I don't hate you—not even close, not even a little bit, not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, I love, I love you. I know.
0: For me, it's going to be Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. This is the most basic sentence I've ever said. I had a big crush growing when I was growing up on Keira Knightley, um, mainly because of *Pride and Prejudice*. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like who she is in this movie I even though she's lost and trying to find herself I get it like I really get that and I like I like where she goes I like how she tries to treat people i I like that she has a good heart even though she messes up and I like how she like wants to be honest but can't there's something about her character that I as a human find really l- relatable or have especially can understand given the whole history of my life Mm -hmm. and i like how she um fixes things up with uh, chloe and her boyfriend i like how she tries to fix things up with sam getting him like the extra like wine i just yeah i
1: like her as a character well i'm going with sam rockwell Mm -hmm. i mean come on the guy is just dynamite throughout this movie he's fun nope, he's yep. sardonic i agree with he's you. got this sense of humor that's not cloying it's he's just fantastic he's wonderful yeah he's really great i think you're only going with kira because you know the history
0: no 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 it's it's uh she she i like that she really tries to get that turtle to eat lettuce and oh, not be yeah. anorexic and like her playing around with it and like always like coming from behind corners and being like ah. <laughs> i don't know there's something cute about it i like it that is fun but i like sam too good yeah. pick um, Ryan, when Yo. we were out and super wasted, you went to the bathroom at one point in time at Pope House. Yeah, when you were gone, the Train Man, oh, showed up, chugglugged up at the bar. He was also a little tipsy, mm. but he wanted to apologize to us. He was oh. he was kind of in that you know that drunk state where where
1: you like confession is spilling out of yeah. You. He's just like look, look 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 I've had a hard couple of years.
0: I just, and he was like, I just want to say, I want to say. uh, And then he, like, remember how you came back to the table and it smelled really bad? Right. He threw up in a pot, Uh. uh, a flower pot right next to our table yeah okay. uh, so he left but be- like he got carted out of the restaurant by the the server she was very nice uh, but before he left he he had like put a letter on the table and that letter contained your essay hey from patreon go go check out patreon.com romcom gents uh, you can find it there and you wrote about the essential component of basically a romance or a comedy mm-hmm. but especially when they're together mm-hmm. which is chemistry mm-hmm. and how chemistry kind of has these three main ingredients that really makes it spicy and worthwhile and watchable and something that you want to come back and watch and something that you want in your own life. And you give some examples of what those are and what other movie couples you can see them in. And I really liked it. Like, I feel like it's a long time coming that we, I I can't believe we haven't written this article yet. Yeah. And I, I really think that if you as an audience member are interested in like, like expanding a little bit of your knowledge of what makes this genre successful or great, then come, come read this essay. Yeah. It's very good.
1: Cause I was also thinking about in terms of, I didn't write it necessarily like this, but also about suspension of disbelief that really good chemistry contributes to that, like believability. Yes. That you're like buying everything that's on screen.
0: You can get to the end of any old rom-com and you can be like, yep. And they fell in love. But if you don't buy it,
1: then what was the point of it right. all? And I think chemistry is that necessity. Right. Exactly. Well, uh, yes, check out uh, my essay as well as dozens of other essays that are up on there. Check out our bonus episodes. Our most recent one is on In the Heights with Jimmy Smith's Morning Usnavi. And we also have a poll up, not
0: next week, but the week after. Um, so you have one week to vote. You have one week to vote right now on our July movie poll. If you come, beco- if you become a patron, you can decide what we watch at the end of the month. Yarp. Right now, Beginners is winning. The other movies you can vote for are The Other Women and High Fidelity and Shakespeare in Love, which is a close second. All right. Um, Ryan, it also looks like we got some letters this week. Hey, bro. Huh? Mail come. Got
1: mail for you. Oh, Pete, you have got mail. You send me a letter. You have got mail.
0: This is kind of a preemptive strike from that old that old so and so, Brandy. Um, oh, wow. Scardilli. Awesome. Um, good good patron of the show. Hey, right. Brandy. Hello. And um, she she has a, a kind of a preemptive message about the Jane Austen Book Club, Ooh. which was our last week's episode. Okay. And so this is kind of a, a weird like time frame where I don't know what she actually thinks about the movie but we've already reviewed it right. but she's going to let us know what she thought about it prior to watching it. It's like right It's
1: like Tenet. It's like she sent something backwards. That's right. Yeah. Wait a second. We haven't we put haven't, out We haven't put it out yet. We haven't put it out yet. No.
0: Should we save this for next week? No, I want to hear it cuz okay, she okay. hasn't
1: he- heard our thoughts yet.
0: Okay. So <clears throat> Hi Kelly, parentheses and Ryan. Oh, thank you. I just started your Palm Springs episode. Yay! Yay! And saw in the description that the Jane Austen Book Club is next week. You have no idea how excited I am about this. JABC is one of my all time favorites. I watch it every year. I think Emily Blunt and Mark Blucas, in particular, are absolutely perfect in it. All of the other characters and actors are so quirky and lovable in their own ways, and Jimmy Smits and Hugh Dancy have never been more charming. Is this a good movie? Not really. It's heavy-handed, and not all the couples make a ton of sense if you think too hard about it. But it is a sweet, enjoyable examination of different types of relationship, which really makes me extremely happy? Absolutely. So,
1: I'm hoping you'll (laughs) both like it for what it is. Oh, no. I mean... Well, they don't know. Don't don't ruin it for the, uh, the other no, people No, this next episode week. is coming after
0: Jane Austen. Oh, you're right. We're just recording it before it comes out. That's yeah. a good point. Time. Mm-hmm. Tenet. We watched Tenet, Tenet and it confused me. I have me. one word for you. Tenet. Tenet. Um, I also think the Austen parallels work for the most part. I'm hoping you'll analyze it character by character and that the podcast will be three hours long. <laughs> That's how much I'm looking forward to your takes on it, smiley, winky face. Oh, I'm so nervous. Back cause... to Palm Springs, Brandy, okay. Regent of all rom which is yes. the title we gave, all Brandy. Right. Um, I I think I think I felt a little bit more towards Brandy's side about it. I wish, I wish we could have spent three hours talking about it, though. I mean, sure. I think we could have really dug deep. Sure. We really would have needed to watch or re- have read all of the Jane Austen I, books.
1: Though. I do feel now at this point obligated to like, Give it a rewatch. To do an additional essay on Patreon so that she can read it and be like, if I came off harsh, I do not want to come off too harsh because I don't want to like um, belly flop into the love that you have for this movie. Doesn't
0: it suck to like at all yuck somebody's yum? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, Brandy, you've already listened to that episode. And And Ryan, do you have anything you want to say personally? Because I feel like Brandy's okay with me right now. (laughs)
1: i would say that the emily blunt like i think kelly put it perfectly several little episodes about a movie we're talking about is very not much for you very much not for you for you for you for, for me? me no for me for me for me it was fine yeah but it was just kind of like i was watching i was like how do people like that and then i talked to kelly and he's like well i did i was like oh okay okay <laughs> <laughs> And so that's that's where the cookie crumbles is that.
0: Is that why the other night when we were drinking, you were walking up to every <laughs> single person being like, What do you think of Jane Austen Book Club? You
1: think of the Jane Austen Book Club. Do you Club? like the Emily Blunt character? Uh, but I, I You're I, smoking a blunt. This is I want to reiterate the things that I really like about Jane Austen Book Club. Hugh Dancy. Oh yeah. Maria Bello. Mm. Basically everyone but Emily Blunt. <laughs> Wait, no, character wise, you mean? Uh, because Emily Blunt was a good actor in that movie. Oh yeah. No, Emily Blunt is a great actress in that movie. If she
0: becomes James Bond, I just don't want her coming here killing
1: it. Yeah, I just didn't like (laughs) her character that much. And it was just, like Kelly said, just not for me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really glad that you can love it. And that's the reason why we have this podcast is saying there are some movies that you love some movies you don't love and we're surprised at where the differentials happen because it's all over the place because there are movies out there i'm like you liked valentine's day and there are people who love valentine's day the movie and so it's just kind of like we want to champion that love because yes i i will always say ryan and i will tell each
0: other that we are wrong or right about something but you the audience you're always right yeah i just want to let you know we're right but you're also right but you're wrong But you're right.
1: (laughs) And And we're right, too. And something Kelly and I always talk about, it's like, we are best when we're just loving on a movie. Mm -hmm. And we're most annoying when we're being pedantic about it. Yes, we are. So, sorry if we got pedantic. We know. Yeah. Guys, we know. And we just want to say, we love that you love. Yeah, we love that you love. Yeah, so. And again, Hugh Dancy. Love him.
0: I don't think we need to pick a movie for next week because uh, we are gonna be scholars book club.
1: We're doing gonna
0: fancy, gonna smell that vanilla. John Mm.
1: Green's yes.
0: Come on, you got this. You got this. Come bring it home. Bring it. Just, just do it. John
1: Green's the fault in our stars. That's it. I was just thinking: Is John Green related to Tom Green? No, he's related to Hank Green, his brother. Oh, they should still do a podcast episode with J- Tom Green and talk about uh, Freddie Got Fingered. I think that would be a I, I really think, interesting. I thing, don't guess. think so. I, I think don't think, think they run, run in the same circles. No, don't do that. I mean, Drew Barrymore, they were married. Can you believe that? Wait, so
0: wait, does John Green know Drew Barrymore?
1: I wouldn't put it past either of them to know each other. <laughs> Ryan, I'm gonna say that
0: I'm leaving. My boring best friend that I've been with for 10 years to continue being your best friend because I love you. I love of you. 10 years. I love you so much. I love much. you of 10 years.
1: I love you so much okay. that I would even buy beer for you if you were a minor. Wow. That's illegal. I'm calling the cops. Hi. Yes,
0: I'd like to report an, an underage. Get out of here. <laughs> And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and
1: Kelly must bid
0: you adieu.
1: Thank you for
0: listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms.
1: Let me just start that
0: all over. We're in fine form tonight. Oh, so sleepy. Okay.